really mm-hmm. try and um, I mean, it's, it is an industry founded on networking, right? Mm-hmm. right? Basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you got to um, you got to try and connect with as many people as you can. Now, obviously, right now we've got a physical limitation in that regard. So, um, you know, really leverage LinkedIn. Um, you know, the, 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 the interesting thing is to some extent people are more accessible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, can be more accessible and maybe in a position, uh, to have more, more time to chat. So this sure. could be a great time to, to, you know, start developing a relationship. It may not immediately materialize into an interview, but, um, but we, you're just going to have to lay a lot of, you know, um, plant a lot of seeds. Welcome to the placemaking podcast podcast, the show geared at helping real estate developers learn and understand important aspects of the development process while improving communities one at a time. Each week, we'll discuss major facets of the real estate development process with industry professionals. Now, here's your host, Matthew Lowe's. Hello and welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining the show today. I am pumped about our guest. Jeff is a managing director, leads strategy, team and operations of the AEC and real estate practice at K. Passman. As managing director... Jeff has helped numerous companies with recruiting, compensation, and retention over the last 22 years that he has worked with the company here in Dallas, Texas. The firm he works for, Kay Bassman, is a Dallas recruiting and search firm providing global recruiting solutions with full range of permanent placement options, ranging from retained and or contingency search. The firm has earned many records over the many years, with a few of them being ranked among the top 10 U.S. search firms by Executive Search Review, ranked as the largest single-site search firm in the U.S. by Executive Search Review, ranked as the number one largest retained executive search firm by the Dallas Business Journal, and on top of that, They were recognized as the number one leading training organization for the search industry through next level recruiting training. In this episode, we're going to discuss the current employment outlook for AEC professionals as we face historic unemployment here in the U.S., advice for someone looking to get employed at a real estate firm, and what certain skills and skill sets are more desirable for individuals when searching for a job in the commercial real estate field. I am excited to dive into this show. And as always, if you have enjoyed the show, I ask that you please subscribe to the show and share with your friends. There will be more exciting conversations on the shows to come. So without further ado, let's start this show. Hey, welcome to the show, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad to have you on here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Got a pretty, pretty intense resume. And I mentioned it a little bit in the introduction, but I'd like to get, in your own words, a little bit of your background, and then we'll transition a little bit into Kay Bassman and how you fit in that that puzzle player. Yeah, sure, sure. So I went to University of North Texas, so kind of a local product. Uh, Mm -hmm. Went into sales and sales management, um, and that's really the core of my career. And, um, I was in the, uh, let's say the, um, retail and manufacturing end, uh, of the home, home furnishings business. And, um, I made a pivot back in 98 into the search industry. And that was a, um, that was a big change for me. Uh Um, and specifically into, uh, construction real estate as a, as a practice area, you know, I, I could put a bike together and probably, you know, build a, a doghouse, but that was the extent right. of my, you know, construction experience. Gotcha. Um, but it's been, you know, I, I feel like the industry picked me versus me picking it. And, um, and it's been an awesome, you know, it's just been an awesome ride. So Kay Bassman, you know, I started there in 98. It was the, the whole company had, I think just under 30 people in it, wow. um, which was really unnerving for me because I had worked with, with companies who, who had departments bigger than that, you know, right. so it was a real, 
not just the change uh, in industry, both the recruiting and the construction of real estate, but then the size. And I mean, yeah. there was a lot of change that I was uh, that I was wrestling with at the time. But um, but yeah, it's just been an amazing ride. So what made you pivot? I'm just curious. Yeah. So I was I was working for a firm in a company in South Carolina. You know, I was far from home. I was missing home. Uh, so on the on a personal note, you know, Texas was 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 definitely calling my name. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, uh, the company got sold to private equity and it got, and it got broken apart. Okay. So uh, I was given a severance and let go along with uh, everybody else. And um, so it made it it made it easy to move back. Right. Uh, but I found myself at a at a point in my career where I was what thirty, I think about twenty nine or thirty, and um, I had never been, you know, laid off before. I'd never been yeah. let go before. So I was kind of wrestling with with the psychology of that. Um, I had some money in the bank, so I wasn't I wasn't too panicked uh, mm-hmm. about finances. I wasn't married, didn't have a mortgage, and a lot of other stuff. Right. Um, and uh, and I was really burned out. I had a really it was a really um, rough experience for me the the year prior. And I was really burned out, and I decided I wanted to do I wanted to do something that um, I felt good about, and I wanted to do something that I felt mattered, mm-hmm. and where I could help people. Perfect. So I came back to, to Dallas in October of '97. I figured, you know, I'm going to take a couple of months, the rest of the year, to kind of clear my head and decompress and really figure out what I wanted, you know, what I wanted to do. And I ended up talking to a lot of people, you know, getting opinions and I, you know, you get introduced to this person and that person. And, um, and I really started to, to, I spent a lot of quiet time with myself, reflective time to try and figure out what is it that, that, um, that's going to energize me and what is it candidly that I can, you know, leverage my strength. So it's, Mm -hmm. you know, I said to myself, man, I really want to help people, but, um, I'm not going to go to med school. Uh, I'm not going to join the Peace Corps. Right. Uh, Be true to yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, because I love I love business. I uh-huh. I I just love the dynamics of business and what makes uh, companies tick and leaders tick. Um, I'm a you know I have a sales uh, background, so obviously wanted wanted I wanted to leverage that, but I want again I wanted to to apply that in a way that I could really feel good about it. And when I got introduced to the search industry, it just seemed to really check all the boxes. I met with a lot of different search firms and that was an interesting experience. Yeah. Uh, probably not too dissimilar from, you know, candidates and clients who get random calls from recruiters all the time. And, um, and I, you know, there's, there's a, such a broad difference, right. Yeah. Between from firm to firm and recruiter to recruiter. So, um, met with a lot of firms and came across Kay Bassman and they were at the top of the DBJ retained search list. And I met the founder and, just really hit it off with him. And I, and I just saw something really special in the company and, and the people. Um, so I made the leap and it's, like I said, it's been, it's just been an, an amazing run. That's awesome. At the time, were they, is that something they focused on as a firm? Was it AEC professionals or, or was it kind of all over? Yeah. So the, so the company at the time had, probably a dozen different industries, but construction was one of the founding industries of the firm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it has always been, um, a significant part of the company's, you know, overall volume. I mean, on mm-hmm. the probably, you know, on, on a, on the small end, about 25% of the company's overall revenue and on the high end, about 35. Okay. So, Needless to say, it's been a significant, you know, it's been a significant, very important practice area for the company. And then mm-hmm. um, construction, we'll say it's specific to the commercial side. So we've dabbled in residential and we've dabbled in heavy highway, civil. Uh, we've dabbled in, in industrial, like petrochem and so on. Um, but, but really and truly, our core has been the commercial side. And then as a result of the work that we did on the construction side of the fence, that led us to work on the commercial real estate side of the fence. Gotcha. Wow. You say real estate, is it across the board, brokerage and development and all all facets of real estate? Yeah, yeah. Can? So our, our core client on the real estate side tends to be a developer okay. um, or 
a private equity firm. Um, and we will place within the areas of development, construction, asset management, and property management. Those are probably the four core areas of our mm -hmm. business. And then, you know, we'll, we'll get into some financial analysis and, you know, we'll place financial, financial analysts, um, as a result. But those are really our, our, you know, the core areas. So we could be working with a client that's integrated and has all of those functions under one roof. Um, mm -hmm. or we could be working with a pure developer. We could be working with a pure property management firm. Um, it just depends. Right. Well, Dallas is a pretty great place for that. <laughs> for it is. all of those. It's a tremendous market. I think it's, yeah. I mean, it's clearly one of the best construction and real estate markets in the nation. Right. Yeah. Wow. So can we kind of get into, we talked about real estate professionals. What in particular, most development companies are fairly lean um, from what we've noticed, <laughs> from what I've noticed. How often do you deal with uh, placement in real estate development? Does that come, come by pretty often or is it more of those that takes a while to, I guess, for those searches to actually be needed? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, uh, you're right. Uh, re real estate companies, definitely developers tend to run as lean as they can because, you know, obviously every every dollar spent is is a dollar less of potential profit. Right. Sure. Um, um, but obviously there's there's, you know, quite a few, you know, large firms in the space as well. Um, we do most of our work historically has been with commercial general contractors. Mm -hmm. So I'd say, you know, probably 70 to 80 percent. 75 to 80% has been on the, on the, on the construction side and the balance is on the, we'll say the real estate side. But again, that could be for an owner end user. Uh, it could be for a private equity firm. It could be for, you know, for a developer. Um, right. and it, and it depends on the position. Um, you know, and it depends on the size firm too, right. in terms of, you know, our, in, our involvement. Um, um, real estate, as you know, is a very, very networked, uh, business. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, their companies certainly have a tendency of hiring, um, without the position hitting the street, so to speak. Right. 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 Um, and we see some of that, but, you know, we've been in a period, uh, for quite some time. And I think we're going to continue to be in this period where once we get past this, you know, uh, the, the COVID-19 thing, um, where at the end of the day, there, there is not enough talent uh, to meet the demand, right? I mean, it's it's a legitimate, um, you know, e e economics 101 issue of yeah. supply demand, right? Where the demand for talent is far exceeding supply, and um, and that's where you know we provide quite a bit of assistance to companies because they've got to hire, uh, they will have tapped their own network, um, mm -hmm. and they're gonna you know they're gonna need to lean on on you know, our expertise and, and our, our effort. Yeah, that's a good point, Dallas. It doesn't appear to be slowing down anytime soon. And more and more of it's the, uh, the development that's going on is, is a little more complex than maybe it used to be. So maybe some more specialized talent is required. What, what certain attributes are, are they looking for more on the, the real estate side? Is are they looking for generalized knowledge or more specialized? Yeah. Well, to your point just a second ago, let me go back to that for just a minute. Cause I don't, I think, I don't think it's just DFW. I think it's Texas as a whole. You know, Texas has done such an incredible job of really branding itself as a business friendly state and mm -hmm. just a place, you know, with a, with a great quality of life, right? You got no state right. income tax and, you know, uh, low cost of living. So, you know, the development, um, the, the development activity or potential we'll say in Texas, I think is just off the charts when, again, when you look at how many companies have moved in and obviously the people that they, that they've moved in as well. Um, mm -hmm. and, and just the opportunity to, to develop projects in, you know, around that activity has just been, has just been, um, you know, a boon for the state. So, um, so I just wanted to put that plug in, not just for yeah. DFW, but it's really state statewide. I mean, I think we should all, you know, 
I, I you know, I, I think we should all feel very fortunate that, uh, that we live in the state of Texas. Um, sure. so back to, so, so back to your question that you just asked, uh, in terms of what companies look for, uh, it depends. <laughs> I, right. I hate to say that as an answer, but it depends on the company. Um, you know, there has been, you know, once upon a time, a developer, uh, was developed whatever they could get their hands on, right? right? Like, just like a construction company, hence general contractor, right? They built whatever it is you needed them to build. Generally, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you know, and what we've seen in the last, you know, couple of decades is this uh, emphasis on specialization. I don't want to say gone are the days of the generalists because they still, they still exist, but they tend to be on the smaller end of the spectrum today mm -hmm. right so you look at even the biggest firms on the planet are going to be pretty um segmented by specialization they're going to have our healthcare group and we have our uh senior living group and we have our multifamily group and or the entire firm is just that one segment right or that right. one asset class um so it's been interesting to see you know the evolution of business from this very general um, we've seen it in healthcare too, right? Where you got the general practitioner and today right. you've got specialists, you know, everywhere. everywhere. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I think, and, and our industry is a good example of that, right? Once upon a time, if you're a recruiter, you just recruited on whatever and for whoever, right. um, versus today where, you know, our firm and like so many, you know, we specialize in certain practice areas. So for, for me, obviously, construction, real estate. So I live in that world 24-7. Right. And because of that, there's a lot of value that I can drive to our clients and our candidates because of my expertise in that one vertical. And I think the same is absolutely true in construction and in real estate. <clears throat> so it depends on the firm. If it's a right. firm that specializes in one asset class, um, they're going to look for competencies and expertise within that asset class. Um, and even if they're a big firm with multiple asset classes, they're hiring. They're not hiring a generalist. They're going to hire for a specific, you know, for a specific uh, you know, vertical market. Right. So but then you've got the other end of the spectrum where you've got small firms. They might be a startup or they might just be a small developer. And they're going to look for probably a more general more talent that's more general in nature. Right. Because right. They, they can't afford to get too specific. They're too small for that. Yeah. So they may need somebody who can do development and handle construction and maybe, you know, handle asset management. I mean, they, they're they're right. going to they're going to need people who can wear a lot of hats. We sure. we we the I think the the um, the the more complex and larger organization that that goes away uh, pretty quickly. That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. And to get back to your. Your point about specialization in construction, do you see that being more and more difficult? It's it's kind of seems to be a, a major topic is finding construction talent specialists, the, the subcontractors that are specialized in plumbing and electrical. And do you see that on your side? Yeah, for sure. I mean, anytime you add an additional criteria, um, it it narrows the pool, right. you know, Um so when a client says, you know, we need this many years of experience and we need this certain degree type and we need experience with this size project, you know, as they add um, criteria to the list of, of what makes the right person, yeah, it's just going to shrink the pool, you know, more and more. Well, do you think on the construction side, is it <laughs> stigma or is it? demand or lack of lack of supply what's kind of making it more difficult is it is it just the need for greater specialization or well i think that all the, of the above <laughs> yeah i think the the what's created the greatest challenge again goes back to supply and you know supply mm -hmm. and demand that the the demand for talent has you know has far outpaced the supply of it um and you know, there's really been, you know, I, I would say there's two factors that really stick out in my mind because there's probably more than two. But the two big ones are the last recession, you know, 09, 10 really had a clearing of the deck effect 
um, in the industry where, you know, people retired earlier than they probably would have liked to. Um, uh, you had people leave the industry um, in many in many cases, not by choice. Right. Right. Uh, they got you know, laid off. They couldn't find a job in construction or real estate. So they they moved to a different industry. <clears throat> and at the same time, you know, the schools um, were not graduating, um, not, you know, nearly enough. Uh, graduates within the areas of, you know, with, with degrees relevant to construction and or real estate, you know? Right. So it's like you had this, this, this effect going on. And then all of a sudden we come out of the recession and, and, um, and it didn't seem like a very sl- gradual, uh, uh, coming out of transition. It, right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, almost like a, you know, a rocket ship. Um, so the, so there was a real talent, a real talent crunch. And then you've got just overall GDP growth too, right? So you've got GDP growth uh, within the nation coupled with this real shortage of talent. And it just created this massive, uh, um, you know, chasm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think, you know, to answer your question, the number one challenge is just there just aren't enough people in the industry. And then, um, and then again, you add the level of, you know, an added layer of specialization. So if I'm a, if I'm a construction firm or a real estate developer that specializes in healthcare, Mm -hmm. you know, unless, you know, if they're hiring somebody out of school, of course, there's no expectation of any industry knowledge or any specialization. But if you're going to hire at the mid management level or beyond, then that you're going to have to have that healthcare experience for those firms. Right. And so again, really narrows, uh, you know, narrows the field down quite a bit in Mm -hmm. terms of where, where are those people going to come from? Right. Sure. And they're not going to come from uh, a developer who develops retail. Yeah. They're not going to come from a construction company who builds multifamily. Right. So again, that's where that added layer of specialization has just um, made it that much more, you know, that's that much more challenging. Right. So the the drive for specialization is reduced supply while the demand. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So going into it, you mentioned what's on everybody's mind right now, uh, COVID-19. And I want to touch on it just because it is uh, an interesting topic, kind of going back as well to your thoughts on the, on the recession and everything. And I, I have a feeling it's going to be similar, but obviously a lot shorter timeline. But uh, I have a feeling that the boom out of this is going to be pretty big. Uh, we haven't really slowed down too much. There's just been an adjustment and punch in the mouth a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, what are you seeing? So at the time of this recording, we're at a little over 4% unemployment. And a lot of those are in, in sectors that you you kind of expect whenever you don't have foot traffic, you know, uh, retail and and uh, restaurants and such, uh, hospitality. So how is it affecting your searches for commercial real estate and for construction? Yeah. So on the uh, on the construction side, um, we haven't slowed too much. Because fortunately, and again, we're nation, we're, you know, we work nationwide. So mm-hmm. we get the benefit of, of, um, getting a perspective beyond just Texas, even though right. Texas is, is, is a big perspective and an important one. Um, generally speaking, any work in place, there's been no work stoppage. And if there was, it was really for a very short amount of time. We saw a little right. bit of that, um, in, uh, in Austin. Uh, we've seen that in Boston. Um, but, uh, but the work in place continues. So you figure um, th- those jobs ha- have to be staffed, right? Right. And um, and if you lose someone on those jobs, they've got to be replaced. So, a- a- you know, any work in place has not been really impacted. It's really the pipeline. And thus uh-huh. far, we haven't seen um, we haven't seen a significant impact to uh, the pipeline. We've seen schedules change slide mm-hmm. 
but to some extent that's that's normal anyway i mean that that happens every day right um so so we haven't seen we'll say projects canceled which is a whole other ball game right yeah. we've just seen yeah. them pushed so time will tell whether those projects that have been pushed what percentage of those if any are canceled that would be mm-hmm. a whole other you know a whole other level right um on the on the development side that's really where we've seen uh, a more dramatic shift where developers i won't i don't want to say you know can't speak for every developer out there but i'll just just very generally speaking has hit has really hit the pause button in terms of hiring um mm-hmm. and are even in a more wait and see mode everybody's in a wait and see mode right yeah everybody's yeah. asked you know everybody's wondering about the you know the the when right the, yeah. the question of time um but i think developers in particular have really taken a much more um cautious approach uh, and you know and, and which is which is understandable because they're they're you know they're far up in the food in the in the cycle right in, mm-hmm. in terms of the process um they're at the front end of the process so um so it's been interesting to see the difference between the real estate side and the construction side construction obviously is a leading indicator because the mm-hmm. development has already been you know the project's already been developed designed and all that um, uh, so it's been a wait and see on real estate. The, the, the good news is there is still, I think most everyone would agree. There's still a ton of liquidity in the market, right? Mm-hmm. So unlike Oh nine, we're not dealing with a financial crisis. Um, now the, the COVID is cre- creating one <laughs> to right. some extent, right? right. But it's very different. So they're, they're really, you, you really can't make, can't, really can't draw a fair comparison between now and 09 because sure. the, you know, the, the, the cause was so very, uh, you know, so very different. So, um, the, you know, financial structure is solid. There's a lot of liquidity in the market. Um, it's just a matter of when do you deploy that liquidity? Rates are obviously changing. Uh, there's a, there's certainly a wait and see on the asset management side about rents. That's a big question is, you know, who's going to pay and who's not going to pay. And, uh, I think April 1st was a big wait and see. And again, I think generally speaking, um, you know, didn't see too much disruption there. Not as catastrophic as, as (laughs) the news channels might've that's right. That's out. right. It, yeah. it wasn't nearly as bad. Were there some people that didn't pay rents? Yes. But again, you probably have that in under normal conditions. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as this prolongs, obviously, the level of risk or, you know, the, the risk increases of, you know, that happening. So mm-hmm. from a from a from a job standpoint, um, our assignments on the real estate side have really been paused. And I mm-hmm. think, again, companies are in a big time, you know, wait and see mode. Some companies have pivoted from new development to acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Um, we And we see that in in cycles of disruption yeah. anyway. So, Normal. again, that's not yeah. that's not abnormal. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the construction side, again, it um, if there's a need, there's a need. It's got to be filled. So so. We, we haven't seen nearly as much disruption on the on our construction related searches as we have on our real estate related searches. We have seen um, there has been some downsizing of companies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it it, it 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 will be interesting to see um, the, the the cause and effect. So a company that has gone through a significant downsize, you know, how do they how do they come out of this? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some people who have expressed an opinion that, um, you know, if, if that this period is going to uncover the, you know, which companies really had strong financials and which ones had strong leadership and those who didn't. Right. 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 So, you know, again, uh, it's a fun, you know, time will tell. Right. Right. I guess with the, the firms that you've been working with, the ones that have uh, laid off, 
or you know let let some guys go um is that is that a function of you know a lot of this happened quickly and and so i assume it goes back to the the financials portion of it um but was there any indication of of why that was so so soon after you know it really uh, hit i think i think i think some companies um you know look companies are are nothing more than 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 people right i mean at the end of the day and right. so you have certain people that we've seen freak out by this and are almost like sky is falling yeah you know world world is coming to an end right right uh and then you have others you know other perspectives where uh, they're a lot more calm about it and they rec- you know, they've, they've not lost their perspective. Um, you know, this too shall pass. And right. so you've got two very different reactions and we've seen those with, with, with friends and family mm-hmm. well, seeing it with people, with companies too. Right. Uh, because they're led by those, you know, companies are led by those different personalities as well. Mm-hmm. So there've been some companies that I think probably have, have, uh, gone into, panic mode, freak out mode and cut, 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 cut. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and there are others who have just kept a much more level head. Now, those companies financially may be in a position to to be able to keep a much more level head at companies. Right. And, and, and the others, maybe not so much. And maybe that's what really created the calmness or the freak out. Right. Sure. Um, Yeah. But that just goes to show that this, that, that this period just uncovered what was already there, right? Right. Financially, uh, solid company on the one hand and financially, um, not solid or unstable company. Stable, on, yeah. On, um, so again, it's that, that too is kind of interesting to see which companies have, have, um, you know, have really, um, you know, pivoted or, pivoted probably isn't even the right word it's it's you know they've they've almost kind of like all engines reverse in a way (laughs) right um you know a pivot would be hey we've decided to get out of uh multifamily uh for xyz reason um that's a pivot and that's where we've seen that's where we stand to see some pretty talented people that are now unemployed which is very different than a company who is um, right sizing the organization because of, because of, fin- of a financial structure, uh, or their finances, they're, they're most likely not going to put their talented people on the street. They're going to start with probably the people that, um, may have been in question, you know, all along. And this, mm-hmm. this period just gave them all the more reason to go ahead and take action and, and let those people go. Right. Interesting. Wow. Does that make sense? Is, uh, yeah, no, it does. It does. You know, this this time is it's been interesting to see, like like you said, the human element come out and uh, show itself. You know, I'm I'm on the civil engineering development side, so we're kind of downstream. So we're in between <laughs> your your real estate and your construction. You know, we're we're seeing similar things, like you're saying, some on pause. Uh, but majority are pushing. There was some hesitation early with municipalities. How are they going to handle this? Mm-hmm. Is it even worth trying to trying to push a project right now? You know, is it how is the city going to react? Are they going to be able to handle handle this crisis? And it's it's been reassuring to see most of the cities <laughs> really pull together and. Uh, you know, for you know, Dallas and Fort Worth are, are huge. And to see somewhat antiquated systems being pushed online and having mm-hmm. having their workers work remote, uh, it's it's pretty amazing in the what we're four, five weeks maybe, you know, into this. It's uh it's pretty crazy. Well, I think, you know, like we, we had talked about earlier, um it's going to be interesting to see the the how you know businesses and governments really how how they adjust mm-hmm. um, and develop 
you know, either, you know, you call them develop new habits or develop new contingencies, um, you know, for the next time something, something like this happens, it may not be a pandemic, but it, it'll be a disruption of some, of some sort. And, um, will be, will we be ready? I think again, right. human nature says there are certain people that will learn from this experience and, and, you know, make decisions, um, uh, you know, uh, with the, with, you know, future disruption in mind and there'll be, you know, others that will get through this and, you know, they'll just go back to business as usual and they won't, you know, they won't have learned a thing. Right. right. So it'll be interesting to see at a human level, at a personal level, at a business level, and certainly at a municipal level, um, you know, what happens there. But, right. uh, again, the, you know, the, 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 the one thing that, uh, you know, the curveball that, that frankly, no one really knew how to handle is, you know, it's one thing when it's 2009, 10, you can't get any money. Um, uh, nobody's buying, nobody's selling, like, you know, nothing is happening, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for financial reasons versus today where, you know, um, a government says you can't do spend money. <laughs> you, yeah. you can't build anything. Right. You can't, right. It's all of a sudden now it's, it's, you know, it's just, it was just, it's something that, that we've never had to deal with. And, um, you know, in our, in our lifetime. So to some extent you would expect a little bit of a, uh, of a, um, you know, freak out or at the very least a kind of a head scratcher and you know what's going on because it, it was just such a dramatic change and to your point it, it happened pretty quickly right right so it's not like anybody saw this coming except for bill gates in 2015 when he did that ted talk <laughs> <You know>? so, <laughs> yeah i don't know if it was exactly this one but you know <laughs> any any pandemic in general you know right, right. he's a smart guy <laughs> That's right. yeah That's he right. uh and, and we but talked been, about but, this, but, but it has been, sorry to interrupt, but, but oh, no. it really has been interesting to see though, um, government, particularly local government, well, even the fed, you know, government in action. And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm probably not alone in being shocked at just how quickly the government moved with their, uh, you know, with a relief plan, um, and then actually distributed the money, you know, so part right. of it was, Wow, they came up with a plan, you know, in in really light speed uh, compared to, you know, everything else they do. And then the next wait and see was, well, are they going to be able to get the, you know, get the money distributed in a timely manner? And they and they've been able to pull those off. And it's been really remarkable. And you see, you know, uh, governors and mayors really, really jump into action. Uh, right. Most have done. I think an incredibly admirable, admirable job. And there's been a few that, uh, you know, um, will continue to be, you know, the, the punchline of jokes. Sure. Right. Um, sure. but, but that part has been interesting. And again, whether, you know, uh, regardless if you're a Republican or Democrat or libertarian or whatever, whatever it is, uh, to see the reaction has been on the whole has been, I think to me, at least impressive. To your point that none of these, uh, decisions, are easy ones, <laughs> especially for government when, you know, even at the you know city level, the mayor level, like to make a decision, essentially close your businesses. Um, you know, that's, that's tough. That's your contingency. Like, <laughs> and you know, to, to, you know, it's, you can't go back and say, well, what did we do in the last pandemic? Right. I mean, yeah. it's like everybody's operating without any sort of a playbook. And so look, I mean, it's easy to armchair quarterback decisions, uh, um, you know, after the fact and, and, but, you know, I think we got to cut everybody some slack cause you know, we're operating in a, with a set of, um, a set of real, you know, of realities that we've, we've never, we've never experienced before. Um, uh, no, not so at this scale, no, Right, right. Yeah, that's interesting. And I kind of want to go back to a point, and we talked about this before before we jumped on the call here, but the way people are working is going to change to some degree. Um, how does that affect your search? How does that change what 
what you're doing now. Um, do you see that affecting, um, you know, people's guidelines for working at new places or, um, you know, or from the, the business perspective, how do you, how do you see that changing? I think that's interesting. Yeah, it, it will be interesting to see what change occurs. And again, some companies will just be, you know, they'll just stick to the way they've always done it and, and others, uh, will, will adapt. So, you know, um, you know, like here, here's a real example, you know, so if, if somebody lives in, let's say, uh, North Frisco and, you know, they're driving downtown, you know, to downtown Dallas, um, because they've had to, and, um, and that's the way the companies operate. It's like you, you have to come to the office every day to be present. Right. Well, there are a lot of people, you know, that one person might be okay with it, but there's a a lot of other people in North McKinney that won't be okay with it. Right. (laughs) And they won't, they won't interview with that company and that company won't have a shot at them. If that company chooses to relax that, uh, that aspect and now says, you know, you can work from home some days a week or you can work from home period. All of a sudden that company is going to now have access to a talent pool that they would have never had access to before. Definitely. That's a good point. That could dramatically change a company's, uh, you know, recruiting strategy and overall strength of the company. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, so it, 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 it'll be again that that's that's a big wait and see. And wait and see as we yeah. talked about, you know, before, uh, you know, before the, the we started is, um, the, you know, the space implications. Right. As these companies contemplate, uh, well, do we need to sign a, you know, the hundred thousand square foot lease or can we do with seventy five thousand? Because now we're going to increase our you know, number of remote workers. Right. You know, so that's kind of another like, is that going to happen? Is that going to be an effect of, of this? Um, uh-huh. Maybe. Don't know. <laughs> Wait right? and see, right? <laughs> we'll see. That'll that'll have some interesting implications on, you know, the commercial on the commercial real estate market. Right. Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's some there's definitely some 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 changes that will occur. Some will be right. some will be. Uh, more positive than others. Um, but I think the more, you know, the uh, generally speaking, I think the more flexible a company is willing to be on a number of levels, on a number of issues, um, you know, work from home being one of them, let's say, um, I think those companies stand a much greater chance of winning in the Mm -hmm. end, you know? So that makes a lot of sense, especially if you've ever commuted from Frisco to <laughs> to Dallas. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Wow. So wrap this up here with some certain skill sets that you see as, or maybe some advice that you'd give somebody that's looking to get into the real estate profession that maybe is just coming out of school or maybe wants to pivot. <laughs> We like that word today on this show. So we'll uh, say if somebody wants to pivot, um, what kind of advice would you give? I guess it would be somebody that's more green, you know. Um, well, it's a um, it's a little bit of a tricky time right now on the commercial real estate side, particularly for um, inexperienced people. But mm-hmm. but I think that this tricky period isn't going to last um I don't think it'll last too, too long, but we're in it right now. And, and, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're just, you know, when you're green in this period, it, it can feel like an eternity, right. But, but it's <laughs> not gonna It's, it's not going to be an eternity. Um, uh, but the reality of it is most, most, um, real estate firms are being, you know, ultra cautious right now. So I think what I would tell that person, um, is, um, probably no different than I would, than I would tell them under northern, normal circumstances, which is really, um, network really mm-hmm. try and, um, I mean, it's, it is an industry founded on networking, right? Mm-hmm. right? Basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you gotta, um, 
you got to try and connect with as many people as you can. Now, obviously, right now, we've got a physical limitation in that regard. So, um, you know, really leverage LinkedIn. Um, you know, the, 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 the interesting thing is, to some extent, people are more accessible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, can be more accessible and maybe in a position uh, to have more, more time to chat. So this sure. could be a great time to, to, you know, start developing a relationship. It may not immediately materialize into an interview, but, um, but we, you're just going to have to lay a lot of, you know, um, plant a lot of seeds. Right. And this is, this is the time, this is the time, you know, to do it, plant a lot of seeds and then, you know, position yourself to where as things start to free up in the, in the market, um, be top of mind with people, um, you know, once, once hiring kind of resumes or, you know, interviewing resumes, um, LinkedIn is a big one, right? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a great tool. Um, there's, you know, surprisingly are a lot of college grads that don't have a LinkedIn profile or it's not a very good one. And uh, so when, when we, when we speak at universities, um, you know, part of our, but we spend quite a bit of time, um, talking about, um, LinkedIn and, and other online assets, right? Whether uh-huh. it's Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and making sure that they're, you know, cleaned up and that they're as, um, impactful as they could possibly be. That makes sense. That makes mm-hmm. sense. So, Essentially, right now, it's just a, a, a farming season. You're, you're just planting your, planting your seeds, like you're saying, and, uh, and hoping that they materialize in the future once, once this kind of blows over. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's, it's, it, it's, it will definitely be more, more of a challenge, I think, for um, you know, the person with no experience, whether they're just out of school or if they are trying to pivot right into the industry, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, you know, they're going to be at a disadvantage compared to somebody who's got industry experience and, and any specialization as we've talked about. Um, but those opportunities are there. You just have to, may have to work a bit harder for them. Um, so the advice I would, I would, you know, give them is, um, don't get discouraged. Um, you know, stick to the fundamentals, right? Like, (laughs) and the fundamentals are, um, network every day, you know, wake up every day, like you're going to work and try and get your resume out into the hands of as many people as you can, because you don't know who they know. Uh, right. And it's just kind of networking one oh one. Right. Awesome. So kind of pivot also to yourself. Um, what do you think has made you successful in what you do? Uh, is there some sort of advice somebody gave you one time that, that just stuck out or, or do you have something personally that you'd like to share? Um, I think this is and I've gotten, you know, I've gotten such great advice, uh, through the years from so many, from so many people that, that, that I absolutely am grateful for. Um, you know, look, the obvious is work hard. I mean, that's, that's, um, it, it shouldn't go without saying, because (laughs) unfortunately there are a lot of people who don't work hard and they, but they expect, they expect, you know, uh, handout, they expect results, but Mm. you got to work hard and you got to be prepared to, you know, outwork the other person. Uh, you know, another piece of advice is, man, do what you say you're going to do. And again, Mm -hmm. it sounds so simple. None of these are going to be, you know, no advice I was given was like, oh, my God, I've never heard that before. But, <laughs> but but it just goes to show just just but they're impactful. They're real. You know, do what you say you're going right. to do. Right. Um, large and small. If you say you're going to call somebody at two o'clock, call them at two o'clock. Don't call them at two fifteen, you know, right. um, uh, because you're you're going to you're either going to show up as somebody who. um who does what they say they're going to do or not. And that's probably the easiest, sadly, that's probably the easiest way to differentiate yourself from anybody else because there's so many people 
who will commit to something and not do it. Sure, sure, sure. I'll call you at two o'clock and then they don't. Um, meanwhile, I say I'll call you two o'clock and I do. And, and that's going to stick out in your mind just because that's I so sad. <laughs> it, it, it is sad, yeah. but, it, you know, it's so true. Um, yeah. So that's a big one. Um, you know, another great piece of advice um, I got a long time ago was, uh, you know, the, 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 the saying of I'd rather turn you down than let you down. And um, that has stuck with me, you know, for gosh, so, so long. Um, you know, we don't want to say no to anyone, but sometimes saying no is, is the right thing, not just for you, but for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and better, you know, better that I turn you down than I, than I let you down. Right. right. Um, provide uh, some closure. So, yeah. That one, that one has really, uh, I think that one, has really gone a long way candidly to help, you know, in my success. And then I think just another, again, very common is, is just, um, listen to the person that you're trying to do business with and understand, make it a point to understand where they're coming from, right? See it through their lens, not through the lens you want them to see it through, but, but really take the time to genuinely and sincerely understand what they want, what they need, what they're afraid of, what they don't want. Um, uh, and, you know, and, and if you can help them, uh, then do. And if you can't, then again, better than let them better know, right? turn, turn, turn them down than let them down. Yeah. Uh, because if you really can't help them, you're eventually it's that's going to surface and you're going to, and you're going to end up letting them down. Right. 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 So just go, don't go down that road. So, you know, there's gosh, there's probably hundreds of others, but those are a few that are just really, you know, top of mind that I think about, um, that I think about all the time. Yeah. Those are all good points. They're all fundamental. They're so simple, but yet so difficult for my, for many people. That's wow. right. Well, I really appreciate your time, Jeff. Like this is this has been a great experience of mine just to hear what your thoughts are. You know, everybody talks about uh, this virus right now, and I know it's not something that you know is enjoyable. But uh, I think what you brought to the table was really interesting to tell how how it's impacting uh, our industry as a whole. And so I I greatly appreciate your time. No, listen, it's it's a privilege and a pleasure. Uh, you're doing great work, man. Keep it up. Would love to be a guest again. Oh, yeah. And, um, and yeah, I mean, look, I think uh, we are fortunate to be in this industry and we're, we're certainly fortunate to be in this industry in, in Texas. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of other great, great markets out there, too, that have, you know, the same attributes. And uh, it's a great industry. And and, uh, you know, um just just grateful to be a part of it it's a great one to pivot to right yeah man absolutely (laughs) i appreciate it jeff thanks so much be well